everybody. Welcome to Front Office Features. We have a perfectly timed apropos guest this week, Matt Morrison, the CEO of Openly HQ, the upstart job-seeking sports board that is changing the way that you can find your job. A lot of you out there have recently graduated, so this is absolutely perfect timing, Matt. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. It's good to be here. So Matt, let's dive right in, buddy. Let's let's talk about Openly HQ. You are you have launched this new sports job board, looking to separate yourself from some of the others that are out there. Give us the rundown of what makes Openly HQ different, and why should all these recent college grads be logging in to to find their next sports job? Yeah, for sure. So the funny thing is, when we launched last year, I mean, obviously, kind of a crazy time to start a sports tech jobs platform in the middle of a pandemic, right? But that's what we did, and. You know, we actually launched last fall uh, without any jobs, and we did that very intentionally. I think, uh, as we'll probably get into it, you know, there's a few job boards out there in sports, and we felt like the industry didn't need just another sort of always running crazy job board with a lot of bad information. So when we actually launched, we did it in more of a glass door for the sports industry style. One, there wasn't a ton of jobs anyway last year, as you and everyone listening well knows. Um, but also, that was sort of what we thought was missing in the industry was sort of a third-party, almost Yelp or Glassdoor that could go deeper into what it's like to work in sports. As we all know, sports is a, you know, everyone wants to work in sports and it's hard to break in. But at the same time, we felt that, especially nowadays, it didn't mean that there shouldn't be access to more transparent information. And, you know, unlike Glassdoor, where it's, you know, that they have a lot of different industries, they're a very large company, we felt that we could go a little bit deeper, ask a couple different questions to give someone um, really that inside eye of what it's like to work for whether it's a professional team, an athletic department, or now all these hundreds of other organizations that are in sports, whether it's sports agencies, sports media, sports tech startups, gambling, esports, et cetera. Uh, so that's how we launched. People can read hundreds of reviews from these organizations. And then we did launch our jobs element uh, a couple of months ago with really the intention of providing high quality jobs. So you won't find any unpaid internships. Uh, you won't find any part-time uh, ballpark food service jobs. It's really geared towards this, this new modern professional that works in sports, right? So it's the digital roles, the content creators. Obviously, we have plenty of sales, operations, and events type roles as well. But really trying to gear towards uh, some more of those higher quality jobs that we felt there was a little bit of a gap up in the industry. Yeah, I've, I've, as I was reading up on you guys and when you launched, I was, I was curious, the glass door aspect. Have you seen um, any surprises in terms of what organizations are ranking, rising to the top of the better to work for than others? Yeah, so the cool thing is we're actually going to be releasing a state of the industry report here after this quarter ends, kind of giving some summaries of what we've been you know, seeing over the last six to eight months in terms of data. That's probably the coolest thing, right, is this data that's coming in. Uh, there's there's no other data that's out there like it, and we're able to draw some really cool conclusions from it. Uh, I think from a surprise standpoint, we, we were you know, doing our research on Glassdoor and why people in sports weren't even using Glassdoor. You would see job reviews from, like again, those you know parking lot attendants or concession workers or tour guides and we were a little bit worried that we would get a bunch of, you know, either fives or a bunch of zeros. But the, the reality is, I think our average review is like a 3.3. Um, and that's, again, because we're asking multiple questions about someone's experience, right? So it's not just, was this a good job, yes or no. It's, okay, what was the culture? What was the work-life balance like? What was the pay? And then in every uh, review, we actually ask about DNI as well. Um, in addition to an overall rating, some pros and cons, et cetera. So, I think we're seeing uh, a wide variety of results, right? I mean, you're not just seeing, again, highs and lows. You're seeing a wide mix and really getting some good insight and, and having people understand, okay, great. Is this organization's sort of values and is this going to be a good sort of environment for me as, as a worker? 
And you talked about uh, different types of roles and not just posting everything that under the sun that comes up in an organization. How are you guys determining what ones make the cut and what ones don't? It's a great question. So right now it's a little bit of a manual process. I mean, obviously we are a new organization that is trying to get our brand and build our brand as well, right? Just just like any other organization is. So we're actually going through ourselves and coming through these openings, right? I mean, we have a, a small team, but a team that knows uh, whether it's a mix of having experience in sports or a mix of experience in talent acquisition. So we can kind of figure out, okay, which jobs are going to be uh, you know best for our platform? What jobs are going to do well? At the same time, what are jobs that um, you know, are, are better off on other platforms. And, you know, for us, we're going through that right now. And even when we're talking to some organizations in sports, like they know too that the, you know, technician or the security guard is also not looking at jobs on the same platform that an analytics manager is. So it's almost like these organizations are okay with that. At the same time, you know, we just want to help them provide them the best sports biz talent that there is out there. Um, and so far it's been, uh, it's been a busy couple months for us. And then from a relationship standpoint with the teams and organizations, are you guys helping the candidates to come on openly to connect with them? Or like, how is that funneling system happening? So when the job is posted, are you guys just repurposing on openly? Or are you able to connect them with maybe some in- industry execs for that job that is posted on openly? Yeah, so right now we are taking more of the approach of just getting good jobs on the platform. Uh, most of the jobs, actually almost all the jobs, will link out directly to an organization's career site. Um, you know, we're finding a lot of these organizations, it's not super expensive to buy an HR platform nowadays. So a lot of them do like their jobs being kicked out, you know, to their specific platform so they can take advantage of the analytics and data that that they're getting from their job seekers, right? Um, so for us, it's more about giving them the access and also the information too. So, you know, again, if you're if there's some jobs out there, you don't know where to start, you're able to look at job reviews from you know, different organizations, whether it's in your area or in your sort of know, industry interest, right? And then go see what jobs those organizations have available to apply. Uh, we are doing other things like networking events. Uh, we are going to plan on a lot more content over the next, uh, you know, couple months that gives more resources about, okay, great, you've applied for this job, right? Now what? How do you maybe reach out to a hiring manager in the right way? Or how do you make connections to try to get your foot in the door for that interview? Um, and we do already do a weekly newsletter that we send out to thousands of people who work in sports Kind of gives them just a weekly recap of what's been going on when it comes to hiring in sports, some top jobs, a review of the week, et cetera, just to get a quick read for them once a week uh, that gives them a recap in sports. That's what we have going on right now from that side. So, you know, what's funny is you mentioned launching a, uh, a company in the middle of a pandemic in our industry probably wasn't like the easiest thing to do. But from a timing perspective, it, it couldn't have worked out better because... <laughs> Everyone, a lot of people lost their jobs, right? In the past right. year, a lot of people had the downsizing. Now there's a, we're right in the, the college graduate season. What have you been seeing lately in our industry in terms of t- jobs turning back on? Or is, are you optimistic that things are back to quote unquote normal? Uh, what type of roles are out there? Because uh, we always try and steer people away from like, oh, you have to take a ticket sales role to get your mm-hmm. quote unquote uh, first job in sports, which is not never always the right way to do it. So what are you seeing in terms of the job market? Should people feel more confident, bullish right now of what's happening based on what you're seeing posted out there? Yeah, definitely. I think, yeah, to your point about starting a business during a pandemic, it was an interesting time. We did get a lot of good information because people were, you know, maybe unfortunately gotten laid off and they were willing to chat with us as we were building out sort of our version one of our platform. They were also leaving, you know, some job reviews early on, which was amazing for us. But yeah, to your point about jobs coming back, we've seen a huge, huge surge of jobs uh, across the board. And this is probably the most positive factor that we can see when we take a, a lens of 
okay, what are, what, are, what are these trending things looking like, right? We're seeing jobs, not just with professional teams. We're seeing jobs, you know, across colleges. We're seeing jobs across other, you know, organizations in sports tech or agencies. Obviously, you have these like gambling and media companies that are, you know, that did really well during the pandemic and are continuing to hiring a lot more. Um, we're seeing roles that aren't just entry-level ticket sales. We're seeing a lot of entry-level social and marketing roles where, you know, even on the job description, it's really not asking for much experience at all. Uh, which is a really great time that organizations are willing to kind of take on initial talent, train them their way, and hopefully they can grow within that organization. Um, and again, that's across professional teams. That's within college athletics as well. So it is a really good time. And then even some of the operations and events roles we're excited to see that are coming back, right? Whether it's facilities type roles or just other sort of roles that organizations and teams are assuming that there's going to be fans in the stands in the fall. So that's another really positive sign. Um, so, yeah, really, you know, again, from an entry-level standpoint, especially, it's not just the ticket sales roles. It's even some communications type roles and even IT and analytics, too. You know, those are individuals that are, you know, these are, these teams are going to need to have those individuals for the long haul. And we're seeing a lot of entry-level roles in, in there as well. What, what about besides teams and leagues? We've always talked about, like, you don't have to work for the big four. You don't have to work for a team or a league to actually, quote, to work in sports, what, what other industries in, within the sports realm of sports jobs are you seeing significant growth in right now? Yeah, no, it's a great question. And we're actually even seeing that too on the job review side, right? We'll see, because obviously our reviews are anonymous to the you know external member base, but on our back end, we can see you know who's leaving the reviews. And it's funny because you'll leave a review about your intern experience within college athletics. Someone will leave the same review about minor league baseball team and that same person now all of a sudden works for an agency, right? Um, and then, okay, great. They're, they're, they want, they're looking at jobs in, in gambling, right? So like that, that sort of, yeah, mentality of getting into ticket sales, then working your way up and staying within sort of those big four, uh, you know, leagues is just, you know, I think we're seeing a different shift in that, which is amazing. So the jobs that we see the most right now, I think would come, uh, from either sports media, whether it's like the bleacher reports of the world, we're seeing a ton of jobs in sports tech. Um, we're seeing jobs across the board in esports and gambling that, you know, it's every single category of job. Now, obviously, those individual organizations don't have ticket sales roles, but they have other account management or client success type roles where that individual, you know, profile would, would 100% fit the bill. Um, so we're, you know, they, they have jobs across, whether it's IT, whether it's marketing, social, uh, some of these, you know, shot top, top shot, you know, ha, for, has a ton of different jobs available right now, right? Uh, Bet MGM. I mean, there's just so many that we're seeing. And, you know, for us, it's like it, it's crazy just to see the growth of these organizations that did really well during COVID and have some big, uh, you know, growth plans for the future. So let's talk about openly HQ and, and your your kind of path to to creating this. I'm always curious about when someone launches a company, like what what clicked in your head. Going through the process of obviously launching a business is really hard, uh, especially in a pandemic. So, mm-hmm. what was the what was the light bulb moment for you? It was like, you know what, there's a business here, and I need to do this. Yeah, so for me, I mean, I started my career in sports and a lot of other people did in college athletics. So I interned, you know, within, within marketing and athletic department in college, interned in minor league baseball. When I actually graduated uh, in 2012, it was either, yeah, to your point, do ticket sales or, you know, social was just kind of getting started. And that really wasn't my path. So I got some corporate experience within talent acquisition and business development. But I got back into sports in 2018 while uh, working for a sports marketing and branding firm. Um, and that's when I really realized, again, how much this industry was transforming. And it wasn't just because of social media and technology in general, like every other industry has transformed a lot in the last five to 10 years. But like who was working for these teams, 
these these leagues, these athletic departments, uh, and and again, these these the rise of these other organizations in, in sports media, sports tech, like it just changed so much, right? And when I was trying to figure out what was next for me, it was really hard to find some of this information that went beyond you know just maybe a, a job description. And I found that the current offerings and, and even just job boards were were subpar compared to other industries like tech and healthcare that had really transformed a lot when it came to you know hiring talent and transparent information, and then. You know, that was where the idea started back way back then in 2018, but kind of sat on it for a little bit. And you know, honestly, once COVID hit, it was more about, hey, I'm not traveling to, uh, you know, for work. I'm not even commuting into an office anymore and had some, some free time. And the idea was always there and really just the opportunity to, you know, have, have a little bit more extra time on my hands led to uh, actually trying to put some, you know, steps in place to say, okay, how can we actually build this out and talk to a ton of different people that are working in the industry to understand, okay, is this even something that, you know, you would want and how would that look and feel and trying to get into all the details. So it took, you know, the beginning of COVID to until, you know, end of the summer until we actually, you know, did like a soft launch with some early access users that opened it back up in in, uh, in November for, for anyone to sign up and create a free account. So a lot of research, a lot of work still to do, but um, it's been, it's been a wild, uh, exactly a year so far almost. What has been the most surprising thing about launching your own company? Um, I think it's just the amount of, of detail that goes into everything, right? Whether it was the beginning parts of interviewing people and understanding, okay, great, we're going to make these anonymous, but like what is going to, you know, make you want to leave review, right? What are the workflows? What are the little process steps? I mean, again, I don't come from a tech background, but we had to learn and we built everything on our own. So it was a lot of learning and a lot of just back and forth and tweaking things and testing things out. And, you know, I think you have a lot of highs and a lot of lows when it comes to starting a company. There's some days that are you know, great in terms of getting new people to sign up and we're having good conversations with teams. And then a couple of days where it, uh, you know, quite frankly, is a little bit slow. Right. And I think just kind of having the mentality to keep pushing forward and, you know, knowing that we get emails from people all the time that are in sports saying like, hey, this is so cool. I'm so glad there's a platform that, you know, I, I can trust has good jobs and I can, you know, read more information and you guys are doing, you know, networking events, all these little things. And, you know, that's sort of the motivation that uh, is always great to hear, but really kind of makes you uh, want to keep pushing forward every single day. What have you heard from the teams and the leagues about this new endeavor? Have they, have they embraced it based on, like you said, trying to weed out some of those other type of roles that might pop up and, and, and focusing in on helping get them the best candidates? Have you heard some positive feedback from the teams and the leagues on this? Yeah, we've had some really good conversations across, you know, whether it's professional teams or other organizations in sports. And, you know, I think the access to having more options than maybe what was previously available is always a good thing in any industry. And I think these teams are, you know, they're, they're, they have a lot going on too within their HR teams, right? They're usually teams that are a little bit smaller in size that field a lot of different projects. Um, and quite frankly, you know, for them, and I know job seekers sometimes don't want to hear this, but, you know, they have their own challenges when it comes to, Hosting an entry level sales role or entry level marketing role and getting, you know, upwards of a thousand candidates, right? Like that creates problems for them too. It's not easy. I've been there as a recruiter looking through, uh, you know, a job opening and seeing just, you know, pages and pages of applications. And quite frankly, some of the, not, not your listeners, obviously, but there are some individuals that apply for jobs and, you know, aren't as qualified as the people that have a sort of mindset of working in sports or have experience of working in sports. And it takes time to kind of weed through those candidates, right? So, you know, the more that we can do to provide high quality talent, um, provide a talent pool that maybe they haven't seen over and over and over again, um, in addition to being a little bit flexible too with how they want things to be delivered to them. Because again, some platforms you can post jobs and have candidates sit 
you know, on the third party site or, or organizations want, you know, candidates to flow through their own platform. So, um, you know, again, I think we're really excited about the conversations that we've had um, and some of the early tests that we've done with getting uh, some, some really good jobs on our platform and seeing the right candidates apply and the right talent pool flow into these teams. Well, it's you also, like, in terms of the review system, I'm, I'm, I, I got to hope that our industry looks at it, right? Because in terms of seeing feedback from people who either have worked there or gone through the interview process to see, oh, my DNI is a two, like, what are we doing wrong? Or my work-life balance is a, is a one, geez, we need to fix, we have a culture problem. I think it's going to be really instrumental and eye-opening for some of our organizations, hopefully, if they, if they take a listen and, and, and pay attention to what's happening on here, because it's true feedback. You've had an employee who's come through your organization. They've now been able to rate you. It actually is going to affect whether or not that next candidate wants to hit, click the apply button. And Glassdoor, I think, held people accountable for a long time. And it's like, oh, wow, this place is terrible to work. I'm not going to click the apply button. How do you see this kind of revolutionizing that for our – I mean, look, I've been in sports 19 years. People ask me who's good to work for, who's not. I have a mm-hmm. general sense. Do you see this changing that based on people now having kind of a, a microphone to say, hey, don't go work for a so-and-so team because they're not great, and then maybe having a shakeup within that own organization? Yeah, I mean, again, at the end of the day, like even when someone looks at a specific job review, uh, you know, we we're not we don't want to be in the business of someone turning down a job in sports that they worked so hard to get, right? But at the same time, that person deserves if they're going to move to Iowa to sell tickets, they deserve to know what they're you know what they're walking into, right? And because we're just focused on sports, um, there could be reviews about the sales department that are really really good, right? Or there could be reviews about um, you know the operations department that aren't as good. So that individual that might be looking at just sales roles might say, hey, this is this looks really great. It's not going to be the same in every department. So because we're in just the one industry, we can hopefully differentiate from you know what it's like, not just for an employee, but what it's like for that salesperson, what it's like for someone in marketing, what it's like for someone in IT. Um, but all in all, like we built everything with the person you know working in sports, kind of putting them first. So when we were building this, that's who we were talking to. We weren't talking to teams because you know at the end of the day, we felt that the platforms that were out there although none of them have sort of the job review standpoint, um, the jobs even itself and how it took to find the jobs was just not very user-friendly. But the coolest thing about what we did was like, obviously a lot happened in 2020, not just with COVID, but with a lot of social justice movements. We almost inherently built a platform for where these organizations in sports can talk to their current and future workforce. Because, you know, quite frankly, the Red Sox or the Cowboys, they're probably not going to tweet out a hiring initiative or a, you know, something that they're, that they're doing for their internal employees because their Twitter accounts for their fans, right? Where other small to medium-sized businesses co- probably could talk more to like their potential workforce. So some of our conversations recently with these organizations have been like, hey, you spent 2020 redoing your DNI statement. Where, where are you talking about this, right? What if we gave them a place to actually, you know, talk about their mission statement, talk about, you know, what it's like to get into, you know, their organization as an entry-level employee and work their way up you know, what would my options be after three years? It's sort of that level of detail that, you know, again, almost inherently, we built this platform for them as well. So on, you know, an organization's uh, profile page on Openly, they can, you know, people can read job reviews. And then we've been building out, uh, you know, employer branding tools, if you will, right? So these organizations can now talk about their culture in their own words. They can upload pictures and videos. They can sort of give a deeper insight into what it's like to work there in addition to responding to, some of the reviews that have already been had, but it was a really cool sort of light bulb moment for us. Not at first because we didn't do it for them. We did it for the people working in sports, but at the same time, we're giving them now a chance, these teams a chance to, 
again, talk to their current and future workforce and give them some employer branding tools and some data that can actually help them evolve that over time. So how did you guys land on Openly HQ? How did that, where did that name come from? I'm always curious where people come up with their names. You know, someone asked me that too uh, a couple of weeks ago. I don't really remember the exact timing of it. I think our first sort of slogan, if you will, was like providing open and honest conversations about jobs and sports. I think that was sort of our, our mission and kind of at the beginning what we were always trying to build off of. So open just turned into like openly and open conversations. That was sort of the, the name of the game with it. And we kind of ran with it. And uh, we didn't want to have some buzzy, you know, sports jobs platforms. Again, we, we don't want to just be a job board. Uh, I think with our information and, and things that we're pulling in, it's just it's a lot. It's a lot bigger than just just that, and maybe someday it's a lot bigger than just sports. So we kind of kept it a little bit, a little bit higher level to start. And how are you guys? What's your what's your growth strategy? Because from a, obviously a startup, it's 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 bootstrap bootstrapping a lot of this. But what are you guys doing to get your name out there beyond coming on front office features and, and telling the niche listeners that we have that are perfect for your demographic? But right. what do you what are you guys doing right now to, to kind of to continue to go up against some of the behemoths that have been around for a while to to separate yourselves from the pack? Yeah, so I mean, to your point, it's uh, it's it's a lot of it's a lot of work, and it's a it's a lot of uh, you know just small efforts to continue to grow it every single day. We started by really building our brand on Twitter. So if you go follow us on Twitter at OpenlyHQ, you know we've done a pretty good job of putting out you know pretty relevant content, trying to get not only just jobs but reviews, and you know trying to build our brand that way. Because we knew if we could find that person who is active on Twitter, if we could have them actively involved on our platform, that was sort of our, our target market to start. And so that's, ex- that's exactly how we got our first, you know, even a couple hundred users to sign up before we launched. We did it all on Twitter. So we really haven't done a lot of external marketing. We've just started to be a little bit more active on LinkedIn. Uh, we do some stuff on Instagram. We even started a TikTok that done, that's done well, which is kind of fun to see, uh, see, see that be another platform for us too. But we know that if we can be a little bit more digitally stat- savvy than some of the other sort of legacy players in this space that we can attract those, you know, again, that modern professional working in sports. Um, and so a lot of it is about building our brand and putting out good content, again, whether it's the weekly newsletter or it's just having a good sort of Twitter uh, Twitter strategy that we can continue to attract and retain those people. But, you know, for us, we're a marketplace, right? We need to have people that work in sports sign up. We also need to have the, you know, B2B or team side of things too. So it's a constant, you know, tug and pull every single day of where do we need to be spending our time. Um, so we've always been focused more on the people working in sports. And again, our, our newsletter content is all geared towards that. Um, and then even just recently started reaching out to some team side too. So there's there's plenty of stuff to do on, on both sides, but we're hoping to continue to put out really good content, uh, do more things around community as well that can really bring in not just the person looking right now, but that the passive uh, job seeker or someone who might just want to know a little bit more about what's going on in the industry in a whole. So there's obviously a deluge of people who just graduated in this past couple of weeks there's there's a bunch of people who in the past year because of the pandemic have unfortunately either been let go or furloughed uh what what do you i mean you guys are a job board what should these candidates been doing with their resumes or they're obviously going on and applying through openly hq to try and get these roles what can people do to stand out beyond the, the typical networking things that are traditional but how when you click that apply button through through openly hq what should their resume number one thing be and look and feel and touch because like you go into the, we call it the proverbial pile. How do you make sure that resume doesn't stay in that pile and actually gets the call back? 100%. And actually, we've been doing some resume reviews and interview preps lately for some of our, our members. And, and anyone can always reach out to us. You know, we're happy to happy to help out in that way. And it really is about that first impression of making the resume stand out, really making sure that the resume aligns with the job that's being posted. Because again, these 
these HR and talent individuals at these teams receive literally thousands of, of applications, right? So the, the more detailed and the more aligned that you can be with that specific job and know why you're applying for that job too. I mean, this probably applies more to the actual interview, but you know, when someone asks you why you want to work here, it can't just be because you want to work in sports. You think sports is cool. And I think your listeners know that, but trying to do more research about the organization too, of why you're a good fit. What are they doing? What's some of the news that's come out about them recently that, you know, you have an, an idea about or an opinion about or something that can actually make you stand out in the interview. But even before that too, it's just about making sure that, you know, you're able to apply to the, the right job, not just applying to every single job that might have a buzzword in it. Um, and then a lot of times it does take a little bit more effort of connecting with someone on LinkedIn or finding that manager on Twitter, uh, trying to engage with them or send that cold email of, hey, I applied. Here's why I think I'm a good fit. Here's why I'm interested in this role. Um, and so sometimes it does take a little bit of, of extra effort. And sometimes it does take a little bit of luck too to, you know, have your profile stand out. But um, I think if someone's got some, you know, good experience in college, they have some connections and they're really diligent about that, that, you know, applying process. Um, you know, those are the people that are going to eventually get, get the jobs that they want. And uh, we know it takes a lot of work and effort and that's why we've been able to help. And, you know, we're definitely here to help the people that are want some extra feedback, whether it's on the resume review or the interview prep process. Are you surprised as much as I am lately that some of the recent college grads are just, they don't seem like they got the training or the preparation or, or, the help while in school and they come out kind of like, well, great. You did all these internships. You took these classes, but we really didn't teach you how you're actually going to get a job. You know, it does. And again, my whole background is within talent acquisition and not just within sports, but within it and healthcare. And it is a little bit interesting that, um, and again, we talk to um, sports management and sports marketing professors all the time. We, you know, we presented the classes about, about openly and have some good relationships in that space. But it does feel like there might be a little bit of a disconnect between if you don't have a job lined up, it's either the people that have had an internship or two have a job lined up, or then there's this gap between that. Okay. There's a bunch of people that are, you know, already graduated and now looking and there's, they really don't know maybe where to start or they are just blindly applying to a bunch of stuff. And it's, you know, that's a frustrating strategy. And it is a little bit interesting of just why that is. So I think even you'll see some stuff from us, once the fall starts about trying to get more engaged at that early, you know, early point with students, right? Trying to do some, some things that can help them stand out because those are the people that have the experience. Those are the people that have been working in the industry for a long time, but they got to, they got to get that, that first opportunity. Right. So yeah, it's, it's an interesting sort of uh, you know, gap that I think we have seen because we're seeing our entry level jobs. I mean, there's, you know, those are the ones that get, are getting the most views right now. And uh you know, they're coming from different people with different backgrounds too. So it is an interesting sort of dilemma that I'm interested to see how it plays out long-term. Let's talk about pay. Cause Rob and I this week, actually, even though our, our Apple podcast for some, we is not launching right now, which we're technical difficulties. Um, but we talked a lot about pay and it's been a cry on my side for a while now with our industry and my, my biggest bugaboo and hopefully bringing this to go. And I'm on your, I'm on your site right now, looking at recent pay reviews of base pays. What do we, <laughs> When are we going to break this cycle of making people graduate with with degrees? And I I almost hope like your your website continues to do this with exposing what base pay could look like after you've spent fifty five thousand dollars a year to get your college degree, and then I come on here and it says base pay eleven dollars, twenty four thousand dollars, thirty thousand dollars, twelve dollars. How does that cycle break? Is it is it maybe that you guys are going to be kind of in in the forward? thinking of this where people are like, wow, this is really low for what we're asking people to do, the amount of hours they work and what they required to do is get a college degree to now make $12 an hour. 
Yeah, I mean, I really hope we can be an agent of change. And if that's what our platform, you know, ends up doing long term, I think that's that, that would be incredible. I think it does start with transparency first, right? I think, yeah, everyone hears about it. But until you sort of have a, a large, again, neutral, maybe third party site that is that is gathering all this information and able to actually show it and people are seeing it firsthand, not just hearing about it once in a while or being reminded every year that, you know, unpaid internships shouldn't happen, right? I think it is going to take a little bit of time. And no, because they should not. They should not right. have. And that's why that's why you will never find an unpaid internship posted on, on openly. That was our uh, a promise that we made at the very beginning, um, and even before we launched jobs, that, that would never ever happen. So I think, you know, to your listeners too, if you're looking for internships and you come to our platform, we actually have a specific section for internships, and you can be hundred percent guarantee that those will not be unpaid. But I, th- I think to your point, it is gonna take some transparency. I think in throughout 2020, we did see not just in sports in other industries too, sort of, uh, you know, some blowback on unpaid internships, which is great because I remember I've done unpaid internships in, in other industries, uh, you know, when I was in college. And I definitely think that they're hopefully just because of the time that we live in a push for greater equality. I mean, that, that is the way that it's going to happen. If we can sort of eliminate unpaid internships and get paid to uh, what other industries are doing for the exact same role. Right. So again, I encourage people to leave reviews on openly, obviously. And if you're, you know, willing to share that information, I think it's important to drive that transparency. Yeah, what's your take on the the the, the pay coming out of college in, in that regard? I mean, you were a talent acquisition. Do you think our industry leaves a lot of great talent on the on the table because we're not willing to step up and and pay them? Yeah, I think, and again, hopefully this is starting to change. But you know, you see in these other industries the war for talent, right? you know, how hard it is to find uh, good people within IT and these tech companies that are just always, always having this war for talent. And why isn't that the same way in sports? And I do think it is for some of the mid to high level positions where at the end of the day, talent is going to you know get you farther than just the brand name for your organization, right? So at some point, there, there needs to be a conversation about how do we attract and retain top talent, right? That's happening in every other industry. And in sports, I think people want to keep their high performers and it's not just the salespeople. It's how do you, how do you qualify a top performer and who's a content creator, right? Or a social media marketer. But the more, the quicker that we get to that point, uh, you're going to be able to, I think, see, okay, great. Well, we need to pay for that employee instead of having them leave after two years because they're going to go to another team that just pays more. Um, how do we actually make sure we keep that person? And that starts with those entry level roles that are not $11 an hour, right? That are, that are, you know, getting paid what, someone at a bigger company is getting paid that isn't in sports. So, you know, it's crazy that those are so low for work that is, you know, you can even argue that it's longer hours than those other industries. Right. So I don't think you you argue, you can guarantee it's longer hours. Right. Right. So it's like, it's sort of that standard. I think that, that again, I think over time there needs to be conversations. There needs to be more transparency. Um, But ultimately when organizations can't find top talent and and the the cream of the crop is rising, you'll start to notice it, right. You'll start to see, the performers across all skill sets that are the top of their game, you know, if they're going to get paid more, they'll be in places that can pay them. And the other organizations are going to have to follow suit at some point. And yeah, I mean, the, the thing too about it and you, going back to the diversity and inclusion, you're never going to get to where you want to be as an industry if you don't fix that, because there's a socioeconomic gap between people who can afford to take an $11 job because of the help they might get from said family in a support system that they have versus someone who is now have to take this eleven dollar hour job that works seventy hours a week and find a second job to just survive and pay their rent. It doesn't make sense. Like 
something's got to break on that side of it before we even can be really taken seriously from a DNI organization uh, in terms of like the industry itself. Because if you stick with that mantra, like, oh, we have so many applicants, people want to do this job for free. This is why we're going to pay because it's supply and demand. You're never going to get to where you want to be from a DNI perspective. And you're also never going to get the top talent because to your point, they'll go work in tech, make 4X that and work less hours. Right. Yep. No, I agree. And I think some teams have definitely talked the talk over the past year, especially, but I think over the next year, and, and again, I think openly can help with that sort of hold organizations accountable. And are they actually walking the walk, right? Um, it, it is going to take, I think, a little bit of, of transparency and a little bit of time. But I think o- overall, that's sort of why we want to exist, because every other industry has, uh, you know, whether it's platforms that you can talk about organizations or talk specifically about pay. I mean, there's literally platforms that are just for like engineer IT developers in tech that you can monitor, you know, what other people are getting paid across other, you know, sort of competitors. And it's like sports has never had that. Right. And I don't think, uh, you know, there was never a need for it, but I think when we've come along and realized that people want to talk about their experiences, they're actually open to talking about what it was like to work there. Well, well, great with more sort of oversight and more, you know, people on the platform, they'll be able to see things. And that's sort of how we can drive some change ourselves. No, I love that. That's great. And uh, it's the transparency is, is definitely key to make people go like, wait, what? Uh, this is this is crazy. So right. I love that you guys are doing that. What's uh, what's next for you guys? I know you're, you're a startup. You're only you're, you're into it. You live just lived through a pandemic of trying to launch a business. Like, where do you see this going in the next one, two, three, five years? Yeah, so I think we have a lot that we are excited about, especially, you know, whether it's getting into the fall, maybe some new features on our platform, but also more content. I think the more resources, the more places that we can be seen as like the one-stop shop for, you know, you have these job reviews, you have this access to information, you have really good jobs. We also have, you know, resources around resume writing and interview, and we're doing networking events or other sort of um, you know, events that bring people together. And again, so it's not just the person actively looking for jobs, it's, it's everyone in the industry. So that obviously comes with some time and building our brand ourselves, but we are going to be you know, pumping out more and more content over the next couple of months. And then I think too, in addition, I think long-term, you know, obviously we don't want to just be this, you know, job review, job board platform. You know, there are some cool things that we've been testing out and um, around more like just of a, of a social network aspect of things and, and trying to really become a platform that, you know, again, it is, is out there for other industries, but just hasn't been available for sports. Um, and so I think, you know, we're I, our main focus is just getting, you know, our name out there more, building our brand, getting more people to sign up. Because if you work in sports, our platform is 100 percent free to read every job review, to apply for any job and we'll never you know, have a paid sort of model for people working in sports. So, you know, that's probably our biggest focus now and having conversations with these teams, too, about how can we help? You know, how can our platform um, sort of promote what you you all are doing in, in a positive direction. So we're really excited about that. And I think long-term too, I mean, technically we're a, we're a tech company. So we always want to be improving on that end as well. And then from, uh, from the networking events you, you're, you're envisioning having, are you going to be doing those in person? I mean, you know what, that'd be great. I think we want to test out and see what our, our members are comfortable with. And I think that'll speak for itself. For the last four or five months, we've been doing uh, you know, one-on-one networking so people can opt in under their profile on OpenVHQ that they're open for networking for that month because we know that also, you know, work ebbs and flows and there's certain months that someone might have more capacity to, to network and other months not. So people can just, uh, you know, toggle the button back and forth each month. But we basically just paired people up one-on-one uh, during, during the pandemic, right? The easiest thing is just, hey, get to know someone else who works in the industry. Um, we had a really overwhelming amount of people sign up for that last month, which was amazing. Um, so maybe next, you know, over the next few months, we might do more group sort of styles where we might do, 
hey, you'll have five minute round robins with five different people, right? And then I think eventually we'll sort of test the waters on what would an in-person event look like? Are there other sort of things that maybe other partners that are already doing those events that would make sense for us to join or do we want to host our own as well? So I think the best part about being a small company like us is we are flexible and can ebb and flow as needed. And we'll wait to see how our, our community feels about those in-person events later this year. No, that's great. Yeah. And so when you say networking, you people can go on your on Openly HQ and be connected to other people in the industry or, or themselves that are looking right. for jobs. Like so that that's awesome. That's a huge resource. Yeah, so been, yeah, it's been random right now, but I think over time too, we can pair people up by okay, are you actively looking? If you are too, well, you know, maybe share some best practices, or do you want to be paired up with someone that's more senior level or more entry level, or, or do you want to be paired up with someone who's you know, another marketing person, or do you want to be paired up with someone who's in analytics if you're in, you know, ticket sales, right? I think those are the the cool things that we can do because a lot of people's profiles and openly you can sort of select what your interest is, um, you know, what you want to be working in or if you're actively looking or passively looking or not at all. So yeah, the more and more data that we have, the better that we can actually match people up. And at the end of the day, you know, we've already connected hundreds of people to each other. And I think that's a pretty cool thing to say. No, that's fantastic. Well, Matt, I love that you guys are doing this. This is really cool in terms of the the, the transparency that you're providing for people and in, in insight into organizations with the reviews. I think it's much needed. It gives a lot of people who are coming out of college, like you said, if you're looking, we always talk about like this one thing you can't change about our industry is geography. You got to move where the jobs are. If you're going to pick up and move your life to a different city and start anew, you should have as much transparency into that opportunity Correct. as possible. So I, I love that about this because- if you're a kid from Texas and you've never been outside of Texas and you're, there's a job in Iowa, you want to know if that team in Iowa is legit worth picking your life up and moving to. So I, I want more exactly. and more people to get on this site. So if you're listening, you need to go on Openly HQ and start joining because one, the job postings are fantastic in terms of what's available. I mean, the first thing that doesn't come up is sales. I love that too. That the first, I think, <laughs> right. it, I think it's like the 10th one, which is even better that it's like way down the list. So yeah. Don't feel like you're like going to be, if you're going on to openly that you're going to just be finding the same typical ticket sales and inside sales jobs. There's really a good variety on this board. And then on top of it, I think the most important thing, like I said, you're doing is the pay and also like the reviews of the company. So encouraging people, if you've worked for, if you're listening and you've worked for a company, sign up for an account and go on and put a review in, be, be honest, be transparent. It's all anonymous, right? Right, Matt? <laughs> so it's gonna yeah, be 100%. No, yeah. Right. And that's why you know, we took a lot of time at the beginning to figure out what that would actually Know, look like and, and want people to leave reviews. So yeah, 100% anonymous, 100% free to create an account. And uh, yeah, I think it's, uh, you know, if you're working in sports, why, why wouldn't you sign up, right? No, I agree. And then so you so we can go to your website, openlyhq.com, right? And then... Yeah, openlyhq.com. And then is, there's, there's an, is there an app? Um, so it's mobile friendly, but there's no, there's no like Apple store app or Android store app right now, but everything will work on your phone. Desktop version is probably a little bit little bit better and you can see more information on desktop um but yeah openhq.com you can sign up for an account from your phone right from there it's uh it takes about 20 seconds and how can uh either something because we have a lot of listeners that work in the industry either a team um or someone else get get in touch with you or openly directly yeah i mean uh happy to give my email it's matt at openlyhq.com or you can always reach any one of our team members at hello at openlyhq.com happy to have conversations do some demos it's definitely been the most busy part of our last couple of weeks is just uh, talking to these organizations and showing them what we have to offer. So always looking for uh, those, those teams that want to talk about their culture, that want to sort of give that insight as well as potentially post jobs, uh, whether that's now or in the future. Well, Matt, I thank you for joining. I can't, I mean, and congrats on weathering the storm through a pandemic to launch a business and cra- the craziest time, hopefully of any time of your, of all of our lives, but hope so. Right. 
really love what you guys are doing with this this transparency piece. I, I think it's fantastic in terms of that. I think it's much needed. It hopefully will inflict change. Probably it might not even be what you were set out to do, but I think it will. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for coming on, and for everyone out there who's still looking to land that sports dream job, you, you got to head over to Openly HQ right now and sign up for an account. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. We're you know a lot of work to do and a long way to go, but excited about you know this the start at least. And uh, yeah, if anyone has questions or wants to chat, you know we're always open for that too. And just appreciate you having us on. Thanks, Matt. Have a great weekend. Thanks. You too. Bye.